Good evening and welcome to another MTD podcast. This is the uh, the uncut podcast on the road with MTD CNC, which is broadcast every Friday evening at 6 p.m. We talk about uh, the highlights of the week that we've uh, just undertaken and the things that we're going to be doing. Is that, the, is that a good word, undertaken? I suppose it is. Sounds it? good to me. Yeah. Undertaken. And what we're going to be up to in the, uh, in the next few days. Once again, it has been a very busy week uh, for all the team uh, at MTD. What you will notice from this podcast is that we're actually uh, out today. Uh, we're out of the studio. And we're doing this uh, from the Engineering Technology Group in Wellsbourne. Um, this is where we're also going to be hosting a live event on June the 30th, which we'll talk more about during this podcast. Today, I'm joined by two colleagues, uh, Joe Reynolds and Lindsay Vickers. Um, good afternoon, guys. How are you keeping? Lindsay, are you all right? Yeah, very well. Yeah, all good. The heat, Not too um, hot. Is the heat getting to the you heat these is days? Getting to you look well. You look <laughs> blooming. That's a, polite, that's a posh thing, a polite he, thing to say. Ian that you're said blooming. this this morning, but my face gets rounder and I don't like it. So it always was round. <laughs> so how long have you got to go now? Two months today. Two Ish. months. Yeah, but actually with it. Is it the 10th or 11th today? It's about That's two months. About two months to go. Uh, Joe, you're looking all right. You're looking trim. Um, Lindsay's Less getting round. bigger and you're getting smaller. <laughs> this, this, this diet that you've been on is, um, seems to be better than mine. Well, I don't know what to say to that. Paul. Thank you. Yeah, I've lost a cut a bit of weight. Yeah, you feel much better for it? My knee does. Yeah, yeah. my knee does. Well, didn't you have a touch of gout as well, you were telling me the other day? Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, gout. Yeah, I get it probably once, twice a year maximum. Once, uh, twice a year maximum. Um, yeah. What does, it, what does it do to you? What happens with gout? Uh, uh, I mean, I've, I've, Are we really discussing this? Yeah, welcome to it's, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, gout. I'm sure many of our listeners have had it. Certainly if you're fit <laughs> and healthy like myself, you will have had gout, I'm sure. Um, but, but essentially, it feels like you've had it, Paul, surely. You're a similar build. Um, it feels like you're being stabbed by a needle in whatever. You know, normally I get it in my toe, occasionally in my knee, but this time it's my ankle and you, just, you cannot do anything. Sounds like cramp. Is there medication for it? Is it yeah, is there it is, and it's fantastic. I'm not one for pills. These tablets, headache pills, they don't tend to work, do they? But the gout, literally, two days, it's gone. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you're better. I'm glad you were able to get here today. I'm glad we discussed that. I'm glad you bore it up, Paul, honestly. <laughs> now, um, we'll talk in more detail about uh, Joe's health ailments in due course, I'm sure. It's a podcast on its own. Coming up in today's show, what have we been up to this week? Well, Monday we were at 76 Projects. Tuesday uh, we were at Technoset in Rugby. We were also at SMW Autoblock on Tuesday. I was at Roskamac on uh, Wednesday. Uh, we had Zeiss in the studio on Thursday. We were also at the Myra Technical um, Academy on Thursday preparing for an event which we've got next week as well, which we'll tell you more about in the show. So let's uh, pull these apart. Um, let's start with Monday, Lindsay. You were at 76 Projects. It was quite an interesting visit, I hear. Yes, it was. They've got a facility in Peterborough. Really, really interesting. So they've just invested in a HP multi-jet fusion, so a 3D printer. They specialize in the cycling industry and parts for bikes. A lot of what they do is semi-bespoke. So it's quite interesting. So they've got products that they create and it's it's quite interesting and fits quite nicely with you and you've got it in front of you here. I think that's called the little piggy. Named um, after Paul, that one. <laughs> it would be big piggy. <laughs> and it's to look after, say, your the pump on your bike or anything like that or any anything that you need when you're going out cycling if you've got a puncture, then it's all, it all kind of fits on your bike. Well, they, they say that the best inventions are the most simple ones. I've got to say, it's pretty simple, isn't it? Is it, there not anything... Did they, do they not have 
It's, it's more for durability. So other people, don't get me wrong, can create these, but it's more their patented product. So yes, that can happen, but normally people might strap something onto the bike and it swings around. So this is more for professionals that are doing uh, long tours. Mark Dedman, he'll, he'll do, say, the ATAP. Or, no, no. He'll do the ATAP. And it's a little bit high level but then it goes on to another level where I mean they've got parts that they're making that will go have just been accepted to go to the Olympics this year and making helmets more aerodynamic and they kind of it's a clip-on so there is a helmet and it has this clip-on that comes on you know it fits to it but what they're making is a more bespoke product that fits the rider more specifically and then it will shave minutes off these professional times so they're a little bit more up market for the cycling industry and of course over lockdown their demand busy, busy. has just gone mad and we talked about bikes some of the bikes that even people ordered in lockdown still aren't here yet and so their business is evolving and they're 3d printing parts there's for this so industry. much you can do with a bike i mean i'm a, I'm a novice cyclist but I, I mean there's always this aim you want to try and get to sort of a 20 mile an hour average that's really what every cyclist... I mean, a professional goes well beyond that, but as somebody that's amateur, that's just trying to keep fit, you want to get to that 20-mile-an-hour mark um, over a sort of 30, 40 miles. Mark's obviously a very keen cyclist and, and very good at it, but it's, it's hard. You can add things to your bike in order to do that. You can change the wheels. You yes. can, like you say, change the helmet. Um, storage. Storage, the lightness, the carbon fibre, the forks, all of these things you can change to get those extra... Even, albeit small, little Second. gains which make you faster as well. And that's where their industry has gone. And that's and so they're 3D printing parts, bringing it in-house from outsourcing, but then it's opening up other avenues for them. So their customers then are then going back to them because they've got this machine, this um, HP 3D printed uh, multi-jet fusion. Because of that, this they buy it from Matsura. Um, because of this their customers are coming back as well the other way around so it's opening up so many avenues for them so, so that, that's all they do they don't they, I presume volumes don't you know it's not volume work so there's no three, they don't need injection molding machines 3D printing's perfect that was the that was the route they went down before and this is the route now and it's improvement in materials um, opens more scope and they are also going down the route of being able to work with prototypes and, and make minute changes and Matsura have really helped them with this and in fact Matsura have got machines and they're also using Matsura's machines to help with their projects so there's a really tight-knit relationship with the two of them that's the, the best thing about them. 3d printers isn't it mm. you can literally we could be sat around this table now come up with an idea you know and just just print something yeah. and if it's not quite right we need to change that you know, the printer doesn't know if it's a complex or a straightforward. And with part. the HP printer, it's all about what you can get in that in that yeah. case, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, three hundred and eighty mil, I think wow. it is cubic square, yeah. and then um, so. So you could print a thousand if they were small, or you yeah. could print a hundred and different shapes. So it could be a thousand different parts as long as it fits in that square. And I think all of the software and everything kind of absorbs that, and then you go, "This is what I want," and then it puts them all everything at different angles so, so as it, it like appears yeah. then you get all these products that just appear out of the top so joe's written on his card and that's what he was asking me to say does it does it some of these things work on his electric bike that he uses <laughs> <laughs> can he get more speed out of his electric bike by using 3d printing um, it's parts? aerodynamics joe can so i be so controversial no, go on go on ish i i can't think of anything worse than cycling 
honestly, I just, really? I just can't. If I, I get, I kind of get running, but I find that boring as well. So I, gym, I get all those. But I gave goals. you a bike. Do you remember? I gave when I bought my new bike. I yeah. gave you my old bike. Do you yeah, what have you it, done with that? It's in my office with a turbo attached to it. You know, a turbo. So when you spin on thin air, and it links to your computer. And I won't tell you last time I used it because Paul may be offended. But it's. <laughs> But to, I just can't think of anything worse than cycling. You know, you've, you've got to cycle somewhere and get home again. You could do that twice as quick in the car, can't you? And actually spend valuable time doing something you and enjoy. And that's why we have two different body shapes. <laughs> you're, not, you're not as big as you once were, though, Paul. Uh, did you know 3D printing was started in 1984 by a guy called Chuck Hull, who invented the process called stereolithography? Lithography. SLS. SLS, basically. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll, I'll, make a, I'll make a note of that quickly. Um, no, really interesting and looking forward to seeing those videos, which yeah. will be coming very soon. To yeah, we've the got M- a swarf as well. We've done a whole swarf on what they do and some of the products. So it's quite excellent. It, it is worth pointing out, Matsu, obviously, they've no legacy wise of CNC machine uh, suppliers, but it's amazing how well I've done, how quickly they've started selling those products. It, yeah, I mean, it's a lot to do with the. the not just the product, the guys, you've got Joseph and Peter there that really support them well and are, are great engineers. Um, Tuesday, we were at Technoset. This is a business in rugby. They've also got other, other sites around the UK. Um, a big name, a big name in the industry, Technoset. Mark was there um, talking about uh, Blaser coolants, uh, the Blaser Vasco 7000, um, which is a, a high-spec aerospace uh, lubricant. Actually quite apparently expensive, but not expensive, which is a bit of a dichotomy or however you would best describe it and you know where I'm going with this one based on the fact that um, how efficient it is it's obviously uh, a better product for them so there'll be videos coming on that also some big investment going on there um, potentially new five axis machines so um, you know. yeah on the coolant one I'd, somebody tried to get me to explain to them how it worked the only thing I could come up with it's like going to a petrol station I'm talking about you know the, the blazer here like going to a petrol station and having two lots of diesel. Diesel A will do 200 miles per, per gallon or whatever. And the other one will do 50. But the one pro rata works out a lot cheaper. You'd never go and buy the cheap fuel, ever, would you? Because your price per mile, if you like, would be less. So why do people, why don't people all adopt what, what you're saying there then when it comes I to I don't think limits? people are educated on it. it I don't think it, people can get their head around it and they think short term. And I'll Maybe. tell you what, it is confusing. It, 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 is, it, it, it is science. It's, it's not like saying, because the price between the barrel and getting it in the sump's different. A 2% mix is cheaper than a 4% mix, even though the barrel's more expensive to start with. It, it really is quite confusing. What about the consideration on the, on the wear of the machine tool and things like that as well? Because this is all a big factor, isn't it? These, these, all these things have to be um, you know, thought about when it comes to the efficiency of a product. You know, if you put a decent fuel in a car, the engine lasts a bit longer, doesn't it? I suppose some of these elements uh, uh, run true of that as well, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And how many times do you go to a machine shop, you can't see through the window, the coolant's dirty, it's groggy, it's smelly. Mm. Um, yeah, t- to me, there's no reason not to buy premium, you know, engineering fluids. And, so and when you go and put your petrol in your car, do you get the super unleaded or do you get the unleaded or which do you do that? I don't. I go for the cheap one. I do go for the cheap one. He doesn't one, put it in. Shell no, puts it in. Yeah. No, <laughs> shell I, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. I, I don't, yeah, I don't believe that. I think that's a bit... I know you get a bit more brake horsepower, but I'm a slow driver in a way. I, I care for the environment too much. But it's... But no, Joe, yeah. To me, you buy your best, your best coolant you know, your business can afford. And it should never be a cheap option. Yeah. You know, it's a necessary evil type thing. Yeah. Uh, it'd be great to see those videos. Uh, we were also on Tuesday at SMW Autoblock um, 
Gio and Chloe were filming there. Now, you know, we probably don't have to go into too much detail about what those guys supply and what the videos will be about because whether it's to do with special fixtures or, or, or products off the shelf, anything from uh, chucks, vices, tooling, all of that, so, uh, fixed steadies, all of those uh, things are what um, SNW are known for, even into grinding and things like that, specialist fixtures, as I mentioned. Um, on uh, Well, before we talk about Wednesday, Joe, just give us a lowdown on the MFG uh, podcast this week, because obviously we, we do like to cross channels. What's been happening in the manufacturing world? All good? It's really good. It's good news. So- social media has been fairly quiet this week as a whole, and the engagement's down, I guess, people are on holiday. But yeah, no, there's, there's, there's plenty, of good, plenty of good news. So. And I haven't seen you since you spoke to Quasi Quartang. That was yeah. some coup. Yeah, it was, it was good that they, they wanted to appear on the podcast and put themselves in the light and under a little bit of pressure. Add to that question as well, in truth. I think there's some good news coming in the not-too-distant, you know, about the industrial strategy replacement. There is something already there, but I think it's going to go one step further. Do you get any good feedback from, from him or from government? or from Yeah, how, how, yeah how does that... so we, we have a number of ministers queuing up, I suppose, for want of a better term, but we need to be careful, we need to be impartial. We're not, you know, we're not into politics. Um, but yeah, we've got another two or three lined up. We talk, we're going to have somebody on talking about exports, and we're going to have a couple of the mayors, well-known mayors, talking about their particular region as well. But yeah, there's lots going on. Uh, this week's we've had a rival, um, so they're, they're disrupting, disrupting the automotive industry, how they get to market with these micro factories. So if, if they think somebody in a particular city in America, if there's a need for a thousand vans or whatever the n- magic number is, they'll build a factory there just for that one city. Yeah. Um, it just they just they've torn up the wall. But what what, what to, to build those thousand vehicles? There. Yeah, it, it would have to be more than a thousand. Yeah, but yeah. So here in the UK, but they'll build a site in accordance with the demand. Yeah. So in Europe, there'll be a number dotted around Europe. Whereas historically, you have massive factories and these cars are shipped all over Europe. They they think that's wrong for for various reasons, environmental. I think they said two point two times cheaper um, to have local. Uh, local factories so they don't need big infrastructure they'll go and find a warehouse fill it full of automation and robots and how would they argue against the 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 comment that the carbon footprint of an electric vehicle is worse than than that of a a diesel car i didn't ask them that to be honest that that, that when i'm talking about better for the environment i'm talking about having factories local to where it's a bit like if you want a i don't know an american car you have to import from america whereas a rival would argue no that american car should be made in england then yeah. it should be made in europe and the far east yeah i get that i'm just curious about that question because it often comes up a lot doesn't it yeah well the trouble is it's 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 horses for courses not all batteries are the same you hear but what happens if, if if it goes up in flames some people say the fire brigade aren't allowed to put a burning car because of the battery you can't put it, it out and there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of bureaucracy at the moment, but I can't help thinking a lot of it's press. I think, you know, they're here to say electric cars, as we well know. Yes, yeah. You comfy there, Lindsay? You all right? You seem yeah. like you're moving around a bit. <laughs> don't, yeah, cough, don't cough too much, don't, crikey. We might have to cut this one a bit short today. Um, so uh, coming back on to the, to, the, to the plan, where we were this week as well, a really brilliant story emerging down on the south coast at Roskamac, where I was on Wednesday. Uh, Joe there, the managing director, has invested millions of pounds in machine tools in the last three years. He's moved around his entire factory. One of the one of the really great things to hear was, um, and it probably wouldn't be for the guys that were going to uh, build him an, a new factory, was the fact that he was looking at expanding his business to buy more machines, to get more and more spindles. And then suddenly he thought to himself, you know, do you know what? Do I need to do that? Why don't I just get rid of some of my older machines 
and get more sophisticated machines and invest in automation. Has and then he I been listening to MTDC? He does, he's a big fan. <laughs> and then I don't need to buy, A, a bigger factory. And what he's actually ended up doing is he's, from having the plans afoot to build a new factory to add more machines in, he's actually now got more machines, more spindles, more automation, and he's got 30% floor space now available in wow. his existing factory for more kit. And he's done that just by actually thinking about using technology to broaden his horizons as opposed to um, just investing in lots and lots of different spindles. He uh, had an unprecedented year last year for, for good reasons. When the, medic when the, the COVID hit, his uh, business requirements went up fivefold wow. to, in, in the medical sector. He's invested £2 million in Matsura's machines. Uh, in their in their automating technology, their their lights out running, and he's also invested in White House machine tools in four brother Speedio and fed Fidio. by Fidio machines, of which you know a lot about, Lindsay. You've seen them. They are well, mar just masters at producing uh, un unmanned lights out running, aren't they? They are fast machines, and the name says it all. Fidio feeding the Speedio. They're fast. They're um, they're turning centers as well. And if you want, a, it, as long as you've got a part that is going to fit on that table, you will churn out parts so quickly, especially when you've got a robot loading two machines and then bring them out, putting them on that. Um, I know that there was a conveyor that you were yeah, talking so they about. Had the, the, vision so the, the in feed and, and the out feed. Yeah. They had an extended in feed and out yes, feed conveyor yeah. just because they wanted to run overnight. But I love the way you can just drop the parts onto the conveyor. On the it doesn't matter if they're five, 10 mil out of orientation, the vision system will still come on and see them and put them into the machine. But when you look at the speed that the, 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 the inside of the machine goes, the, 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 the tool change in time, the chip to chip, it, it's just like li absolute lightning. Yeah. And to be able to turn as well has just changed the way that Roscoe Mack yeah, are doing with, things. With that, with that style of machine, it always amazes me. We, we get, we'll go and see an eight, six, 800 meter machine. And quite often they make components the size of your fist, aren't they? I, yeah. I, I'd, like, I'd be interested to know the industry average size component. And I bet you 80% of it would fit on one of those machines in a tiny little footprint. Whereas people do like these big heavy-duty machines, don't they? Mm. I think um, just to add to that as well, when we went to Dugard, they've got the med center. And I think, are they kind of trying to attack similar mark, a similar market with, with that? But then I remember... You can't turn on that machine. I don't believe. You can't turn on that machine. Ah, that machine. okay. Yeah, yeah, but it, yeah. But it, but it, has, this, it has a similar uh, philosophy in the fact that it's it, just medical, very, very That's fast. what I'm thinking. Yeah, is, it, it, they, put it, they call it the med center, but they shouldn't really yeah. because ever since the, you did that video, yeah. um, they, when I was at Dugard a week or so ago, they had more and more people cut on the day coming in to look at that med yes. center. And that's going to be a very, very popular machine, very, very small footprint as well. And they've got automation added to that now too. Exactly. Yeah. So, but what you're saying is that industry is around about that sized part and it's growing. Yes, absolutely. Fast machines. It is. Okay, I'm going to try and rattle through these quickly because Thursday we had Zeiss in the studio talking about some of their new products as well, um, which will be coming to the channel soon. Uh, Geo was there. We, um, we also have the launch this week of um, the Milmax product uh, from MSC, which is happening across our channels. You're going to hear and see a lot about this. Joe, you're the best at describing it. Give us uh, a once-over again at what the mill is. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So it's, it, it's a combination of hardware and software and algorithms. Essentially, 
So it, it's, it's the one thing you can't really tell. I've, you, you can have two machines side by side that look the same, but the cutting conditions are going to be different. Um, it's essentially, it's a tap test. Um, so you're, you're basically, you're tatting the tooling assembly, cutting tool assembly, including the tool holder. And that's, give, that's um, vibration harmonics, which goes back to a, a laptop or a computer or some sort of handheld device. And essentially the algorithms calculate the optimum cutting data for that tool. So what's the problem that people encounter? Um, and that's a question out of your book. What is the problem that this solves? The problem, nine to, I bet you 80% of people wouldn't even know they've got a problem. Um, um, traditionally, tool holders may, may run out, good ones and bad ones, still run out over time. Um, and essentially, you can be cutting on two teeth, not four teeth. And ba basically, what this does, it doesn't necessarily put anything right. It tells you what the problems are. Um, and it basically, you could talk all day about this subject, but basically, it tells you what the correct cut conditions to run that tool at. Every manufacturer will give you recommended cutting data in the back of their book or on their app nowadays or on their websites. But to be honest with you, it, it will be maybe 240 to 400, you know, uh, surface speed. Well, it, clearly that's a big envelope. This software will tell you where you need to run that. Wow. Okay. Um, you want to be following that uh, launch across our channels. There's going to be a lot happening Was with MS. explanation? Uh, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I'm sure the guys from MSC will tell us whether you were right or wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, lots happening uh, with MSC at the moment. In fact, I was talking to Doug only earlier this week about uh, an impending move which is happening um, at some time in the near future for the company. Lots of growth, uh, lots to offer the marketplace, um, real expertise when it comes to engineering support uh, and business support, as he's told us on many occasions. So uh, keep tuned uh, to see what's happening with the Milmax product from MSC. Kind of in a little bit of a similar vein, the reason we're here today at the Engineering Technology Group is we are promoting a live event which is happening on June the 30th. Uh, Lindsay, you've been talking to Dave Mould today and yep. um, about what's going to be happening at the event. Yes. Uh, Dave's quite excited about it, isn't he? Yes. In fact, we all are. We are all excited. It's quite, di it's quite unique, the product that we've seen, but I think that... It's a little bit what you're saying is it's a bit of preventative maintenance, some of the products that he showed us and he showed about spindle and all that. You're kind of gathering data to make sure that when you are actually cutting, you're cutting it in the best way possible. What's and the event called? Oh, um, oh my goodness. Probing, probing questions. Probing questions. Probing yeah. questions. On, don't, on, ask, don't ask the date. I'm actually can't remember the name. <laughs> uh, alone the, the date. The 30th of June. It's the 30th probing of June. Questions. Probing questions are going to be live here at ETG. Uh, Joe, leaning on your expertise once again, this is an area where um, I, th I believe from having worked on the shop floor that people do spend too much time in the machine doing things that can be done in process, don't they? And can I say, it's a diagnostic machine. Like you would say a diagnostic machine for a car. It's a diagnostic machine for a spindle. You're talking about to one particular one area. One particular yeah. part. So yeah, the thing Linz is on about is basically uh, spindle monitoring. So yeah. I actually refer to it as an MOT for your spindle. So at the moment, you go and do a, a service inspection on your machine. And obviously, the, in this case, it would be Engineering Technology Group. Would they, I don't know what they can check without this. I don't know how they can really check the spindle. Um, whereas this, they would, they, they would in, yeah, basically inspect the, sp the spindle. They could find out if it's worn. If it's, um, I have to say, we, we did it on the Quasar and it was absolutely perfect. So absolutely this is a Bloom perfect. product, I should, yeah. I yeah, should yeah. mention this. Yeah, Bloom. sorry, yeah, it's a Bloom Novatest product. But yeah, no, it's fantastic. If I was buying a machine, I would want my, my spindle inspected annually. Um, but 
it doesn't just say, oh, no, you've got a problem. It tells you what it is. Inner bearing, outer bearing. It's very clever. It was like I used the analogy when I had a bad back. You have all the different discs in your back, L1, L2, S4, whatever they're called. And a, a, a specialist can watch your walk and go, do you know what? Your, your S4, your L1 is gone. And this, in a similar way, can look at Maybe the, it's got the same what, software. I was going to say, <laughs> is that why you walk funny? You got used to. <laughs> Until it, they fixed it. It is worth pointing out the, uh, the event... Um, probing, it's not about that, is yeah, it? Yeah, no, pro- probing questions. So it's what I call closed loop in cycle measurement. Bit of a mouthful, but it's not that complicated, really. Essentially, we've all been a you CNC machine a component, then you have to check it with your mic, your vernier, your height gauge, your CMM, whatever your mode of inspection is. And probably majority of the time is going to be an error, isn't it, initially? And then you go back, you change your offsets, and you remachine it. Um, what we're aiming to do at this event is do all that autonomously. Autonomously? Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Autonomous. Yeah, or automatically. So essentially, we're going we're gonna to make uh, a component with a defect. In fact, two defects. It's going to be out of tolerance on size and RA, surface finish. Uh, Bloom Nova Test are going to bring in um, two products into it. They're going to inspect the, the RA, and that's going to throw up an error, as will the, um, the tolerance of the component. It's going to be remachined. Uh, the, the offsets will be changed automatically, no human being present. It will remachine it and it will probe it till it's correct. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you imagine automation, whereas at the moment you could be making parts all night, potentially all scrap. Um, yeah, they yeah. Sh- them days should be gone. Yeah, they should be. They should be. And I think it. Um, I think it's going to. I think it's going to be an, an event that's going to um, attract a lot of engineers. Uh, but I do think a lot of engineers are, are using this. But I think there's probably more no. that aren't. Yeah, well, I think. Just quickly on that, I think the vast majority are doing it, but it just throws up an error, so an alarm. So it, it says, I've probed this part, and it's incorrect. Yeah. Needs operator intervention. There's no need to do that anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now also next week, let's come on to next week now, because we've got so much going on. Um, I'm conscious of time here uh, at ETG today, but we're at Unimill, we're at Miniature Machining, we're at Sheldon Engineering, we're at Witten Engineering, uh, we're at Empire Manufacturing, we're at Microlock. We've also got technical corners in the studio. And we've also got, um, got to be one of the highlights of next week, we've got the um, event happening at the Myra Technical Institute, which is in uh, Inkley, or it's in Hinkley, or Inkley, Inkler. as Geo describes it. Inkley. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because yeah, you can't say his H's. Say his H's. So, uh, and that is an event. It's a collaboration between Zeiss, MTD, and... Uh, and um, Williams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and Williams. Um, where we're going to be taking where where we're going to be taking parts from a um, a Formula One car, and we're going to be looking at how they've been made, um, some of the machining processes involved in them, some of the issues and the problems that engineers encounter when these parts are being made. But what we are going to do is kind of humanise this event. We're going to talk about us as individuals, our experiences in in um, growing up into the manufacturing world, what we've learned, our apprenticeship days. You're, of course, going to be hosting this, Lindsay, but it's going to be a terrific event. Um, we're going to have somewhere in the region of, of between 50 and 80 students attend to come and oh, watch. Wow. Um, it's going to last about two hours, but we're going to film the whole lot. So you won't be able to see it next week because it's actually not going to be published on the channel um, until a few days afterwards. But it's going to be a, a really good event. And I think it's going to set the scene for plenty more of these uh, events coming up in the future because we're all for education here at MTDCNC. We want the youth to be coming into, uh, coming into this industry because, of course, that is our future in a sense or certainly the, um, the industry's future. So that's all coming up next week. Um, 
June the 21st is not far round the corner. Do you think it's going to happen, Joe? Are we going to be free? Uh, really? <laughs> no. I, I don't think it will, no. I, I, think, I think it may do half measures. Maybe you're allowed more in a restaurant, you know, to help that. But I don't, I, personally, I'm not too concerned about having 30 people in my living room. You know, I'm allowed six or whatever it's I'm allowed now. pretty big. You could fit them. No, I could fit them in. He but doesn't have 30 friends, that's why. <laughs> Was that tumbleweed? <laughs> but no, joking aside, I, I, I'll be surprised if that happens. Mm. Um, that's, not, that's not to say that's my opinion, by the way, because it, it's not. But I, I think there will be a short delay. What do you think? Um, I, I think it's one of those decisions that he is really wrestling with between the, um, the, pub, the popular vote, because everybody wants it to happen, and, and I think, but the science is probably saying to him, do you know what, maybe a few weeks... But I'm reading stories about people that are, you know, theatres that are going to open up regardless. They're just saying, we've, really? enough's enough. Enough is enough. And he said they all... They have all the rehearsals and stuff. It, they've got people ready and they've put all it, the money you know, into n- n- Nightclubs, events. We're heading into the summer now. Yeah. Where they've this, got to make this a decision, is, haven't they? Because you, you think you buy the beer, the, the food, it goes off. Yeah. And if you miss the window of the summer of opportunity for, for an events industry, you might be on, that, on those last legs thinking, if we can just get open oh, on yeah. the 21st, we've got a good eight weeks, 12 weeks in front of us of the summer. If that gets put back three or four weeks, that, that, that could be it. Yeah. It's, yeah, listen, no one wants to be in his, deci- in, that, in his position making that decision at the moment, but it will be interesting. Does it have any effect on the hospitals, Lindsay, at the moment? I, I don't know. When you have, can, can, I think can, so. you, can you have people in the hospital when you're having a baby? Oh, these when you days have or? a baby, you can have one, but I think I've noticed a real difference. I know. Um, How many do you want when you're having a baby? <laughs> You don't have room for. No, I've just noticed a huge difference with. I mean, everyone. If you if you're phoning your GP, it's it's a good half an hour, forty minute wait on the phone. People can't get prescriptions. It, midwives who I'm dealing with, I, I think it's, I think it's really had a major effect. But I also think with with midwives, lockdown has increased the amount of babies. We'd know. <laughs> as yeah, ended. tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, lockdown definitely has. So. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Okay, guys, that's it for this week's On The Road. Now, we're doing this, we do this, as I said, every Friday at six o'clock. We've got a busy week uh, in front of us next week. Don't forget to keep tuned to the channel to find out more about this Milmax product that's being launched by uh, MSC across our channels and plus to obviously keep in touch with all the things that we've uh, spoken about today. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Look forward. Oh, Lindsay's got one more thing to say. No, I just wanted to ask you, gout, why does it start in your big toe? It's where all the crystals are. Hello and welcome to Gout <laughs> FM. No, <laughs> no. In truth, I've absolutely no idea. I, I did Google it when you I first started. Should see where it ends. <laughs> yeah, and that's the end. <laughs> yeah, no, it, joke aside, it, it's most common joint, not just with me, but it is in your in, in your, your big, big toe. toe. Yeah, then it's your knee, then it's your ankle. And I, I've had all three now, but I think I think <laughs> that's our, why you walk funny too. Yeah. <laughs> I think our wonderful audience has probably heard enough about gout. But as I say, if there's anything more to report, I'll fill you in next week. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and see you next time.